Welcome everyone, we're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news from Twitter, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, the websites by plebs. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner and pleb, Nozomi. All right, we are diving into the numbers. Let's do it. Number time. Number time is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. Chad Saylor, Michael Saylor is going to speak. President Bukele, Adam Back. Uh, there's a whole list of speakers. Definitely go check it out. And you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your tickets to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 721,229. The Bitcoin price, 38,730. Chain rewrite days, 746. Total public lightning capacity. That looks like a new all-time high, 3,385.52. Moscow time. 2582 and blocks to the halvening 118,771 Nico the numbers and you know what before I hand it over to you I just you know this is episode 420 oh this is so speaking of the numbers we've got the magic number <laughs> so <laughs> why is it the magic number Phil I we're gonna get into that it's the magic <laughs> It's the magic number. If you know, you know. But anyways, Phil, <laughs> check this out. Huge, huge tweet from my favorite president. His name is Naim Bukele. He is the president of El Salvador. He is changing the world. Anyways, check this out. It's funny because I tweeted this about a year ago, but I didn't get 28,000 likes. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I said there's 47 million millionaires, by the way, to be specific. I don't think there's more than 50. I think that when I last time I checked, there's 47, according to my research. Maybe he has different research. Anyways, check this out, right? There are more than 50 million millionaires in the world. Imagine when each one of them decides they should own at least one Bitcoin. But there will ever only be 21 million Bitcoin. Not enough for even half of them. A gigantic... <laughs> this is the funniest part. This is the president of a country speculating on Bitcoin. A gigantic price increase is just a matter of time. That is absolute craziness. He's definitely taking the, the orange pill. Man, I can't believe the president... He's just shilling opium. He's shilling opium. Um, but yeah, look. I mean, that... Let's talk about the signal first, right? Mm -hmm. He's absolutely right. There's only 21 million Bitcoin. Subtract the two to three million that are lost, estimated, right? This is really like, what, 18, 19 million Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. And then divide that by the amount of millionaires, and there's not enough to go around. He's absolutely right. Uh, I think this is what Bitcoiners have been talking about for forever. I think in the future, Phil, it's going to be more rare to meet a whole coiner, someone that just owns one Bitcoin, than it is to meet a millionaire. And I'm very excited for that future. It's going to be freaking awesome. Phil? I think it's already difficult to to meet a, a person that has at least one Bitcoin. Um, it's true. But, but think of it like this, right? No, but it's going to become even more rare, right? Uh, it's going to even more scarce. But interestingly enough, we are in a timeline where the president of a country is trolling the millionaires of the world. That's, this is where we are, people. 
what can make what, this up? What do you think the world the world and IMF people did when they saw that tweet? They probably melted a little bit on on inside. They're like, oh, he can't do that. That's bad. Yeah, no, they're definitely unhappy. They're they're definitely unhappy with what he's saying. Um, I'm sure that we are gonna soon see another, you know, another tweet from them about how terrible he is. And, you know, it's going to be just a lot of back and forth and he's going to troll them back, hopefully really hard. (laughs) That's what we can hope for. All right. So, Phil, Nozomi's a Ph.D., bro. Okay. Nice. So she's probably looking at us like these two freaking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Nozomi, what are you thinking? What are your what do you what do you feel when you see that tweet from the president of a country? He sounds like a Bitcoiner on Twitter. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, it is kind of exciting, right? Because the leader of one country is understands the value of Bitcoin. And um, yeah, so but I, I, I would actually encourage people to maybe push it a little bit further, uh, which is the uh, one person, you know, ordinary person in El Salvador or uh, Venezuela adopting Bitcoin is as important as president, you know, of El Salvador, president of one nation mm. state adapting. So I think this kind of excitement toward like celebrity, you know, whether that is Elon Musk or uh, Paris Hilton or, you know, or president, you know, and then we get excited about this. That's a reflection of the fiat culture. Fiat mentality, and I think it's important for us to change the mentality that Bitcoin ultimately doesn't care who we are, doesn't care who adapted. You know, it's for Bitcoin, it's as important for the the ordinary person, you know, in in China or or Venezuela adopting Bitcoin, as it's as important as the president of one country adopting or whatever. So. Yeah, so I would maybe encourage people to maybe look at it differently and maybe, you know, be mindful of where we pay attention to. And especially Twitter is, you know, the platform, social media, the platform that really amplifies the certain kind of message or signals, right? And then that, and then we became more politicized or it kind of creates a single point of failure again, you know, whether it's a reputational attack or a nation, you know, geopolitical um, attack or whatever so i think again once again at the end of the day bitcoin gives freedom to everyone and we the ordinary people matter the most so absolutely wow very well said yeah very very good response but yeah i completely agree i think that's what we advocate completely right uh bitcoin levels the playing field uh before everyone that's why the world economic forum that's why the vcs absolutely hate it they want an edge they're used to an edge that is given to them by the fiat financial system and in bitcoin eh, you got to get in line like everybody else Right. And if you remember what Michael Saylor had to do, Michael Saylor had to stack. Right. He, may, he had to he had to stack in a little bit because he couldn't mm-hmm. buy all at once because that would just pump up the price. But he had to essentially buy like everybody else. Right. And I right, think right, exactly. that's the signal. What Nozomi was saying was that Bitcoin makes everyone equal. And, yes. the you know, the small person or the unknown person or the farmer in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Right. Stack in Bitcoin. I think. The difference that it's going to make to their life compared mm-hmm. to the president, I think, is just as big, right? Yes, yes. Anyways, really cool stuff. Appreciate that, Nozomi. But anyways, Phil, it's time for The Daily Fail. The Daily Fail is brought to you by Amber App. Check them out, Amber.app. The spokesperson is a Muppet. It's the easiest way to buy Bitcoin 
a Bitcoin stacking app by actual Bitcoiners. The link is down below. Umber, the smart way to stack sets. All right. Yesterday, I mentioned that I had this story coming, but we had more pressing failures that we had to, you know, we had to report on and and crap on. But now we can finally take some time to dump on this a little bit. So here we go. Ethereum Foundation kills ETH 2.0 in favor of consensus layer rebrand. That's right. Let's focus on the marketing. Did it die? Did it die? Is this is this 2.0 failure? Is this ETH 2.0 done? It's it's not. It's not. It's just all honestly, all it is is just horrible rebranding and marketing. And don't get me wrong, but to me, this is what companies this is what companies do when they don't actually have a viable product. They continue to spin it over and over again. <laughs> Anyways. When 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 Bitcoin 2.0, Phil. <laughs> Oh, waiting. did you did you know I'm gonna yeah. drop you guys a fun fact that I learned from a, from huh? a Bitcoiner that's a lot smarter than me. No Bitcoin software will ever be called one point something. They will always be zero point blah 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 because Bitcoin is never finished. How cool is that? Ah, I love it. Right, and and it's true. Actually, it's interesting that you bring that up. I didn't realize that Bitcoin Core wasn't at an actual 1.0 version yet, and I was I, I I there was some type of controversy where people wanted to say that it was so that they could so that we could show like movement and traction. And anyways, uh, unfortunately, perception is reality. Doesn't mean mm. that it's the truth. Just means that it's the perceived reality. Anyways, let's dive into this perceived reality. All right, here we go. Ethereum 2.0 is being retired in favor of consensus layer. Okay, so look, I'm going to try to make this as not as not confusing as possible, but it's really difficult because the goalposts keep moving, the names keep changing, and they keep adding more and more ridiculous wording to fluff up what it is that they're attempting to try to do. Okay, so just bear with me. Consensus layer is also beacon chain. Okay, beacon chain is where there's 33 billion dollars worth of ETH currently locked up, quote unquote, waiting for 2.0 staking. Anyways, let's continue. The rebrand reflects the fact that we've been called Ethereum 2.0 is really more of a network upgrade rather than a whole new network. Okay. I'd be much more concerned with the tech than I would with the marketing. Like, wouldn't you actually just want this thing to work and then you wouldn't have to worry so much about the marketing? Anyways, ETH 1.0 will be known as the execution layer. That's where I guess things get executed and die. Anyways, <laughs> bad joke. And ETH2 will be the consensus layer. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So are they doing... Yes. Are they, oh, so they're saying... Uh, I see what they're doing there. But but it gets weirder because is they're this talking... A, this is a side chain. They're doing lightning. They're doing imitation of lightning. That's what that tells me, dude. Henceforth, ETH1 will be known as the execution. That's, bait, that's layer one, right? ETH2, yeah. so that sounds like layer two. Sounds the like they're copying layer. And is it is proof of stake coming or no? No. Uh, it's that that's going to be part of the consensus layer. Uh, okay, which which check this out. The consensus layer which I'm going to read So they about, still so the base yeah. layer still has to be proof of work like Bitcoin. So no. No, they're going to move the proof. This is again, I'm going to dive into this, but the, essentially they're moving that layer. They're deprecating the proof of work. I don't know chain. what that word means, Phil. Oh, uh, they're I don't have a PhD of, like like nuns on me, okay? They're getting they're getting rid of the ah. proof of work layer and replacing it with with proof of stake. Ah, okay. But you see, all of this is just going to be Ethereum eventually. 
And I'm going to show this to you on a, on a roadmap, which will either make you barf or have a seizure, one of the two or both. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see, okay? So, so here we go. Together, the two layers will merge into just plain old Ethereum after the consensus layer is ready to replace the current oh. mining system. But this is what's interesting, right? They've had the $33 billion worth of ETH locked in that quote-unquote other layer this whole time, but it's not working yet. I, anyways, as the Ethereum Foundation, a nonprofit that helps coordinate and fund technical developments on the Ethereum blockchain notes in this blog post, this shift all came about organically. Isn't it interesting that the Ethereum Foundation has, has a say in this? Isn't this strange? Okay, so just, just a quick recap, right? Just a quick recap that we've done a hundred times. This is the executive board of the Ethereum Foundation, right? Vitalik, Patrick, the KYC AML expert, which is why they don't get touched, and Ayamiyaguchi, which is also part of the reason why they don't get touched, as we've shown in the past multiple times, World Economic Forum contributor, and in 2019 was appointed the World Economic Forum's Global Blockchain Council. Okay, that's why they're commenting on this, because they have a stake. <laughs> Anyways, phase zero of what was previously called Ethereum 2.0, the beacon chain, which I've been mentioning, went live in December 2020. So the next layer of it is already live and working, but the base layer of it is not live and not working. Okay, the beacon chain was designed to coordinate staking. Ethereum users locked up their ETH in a smart contract, which I mentioned, 33.8 or $9 billion worth. Anyways, the beacon chain was ready well before other elements of Ethereum 2.0, all of which prompted what the foundation calls a revival of research initiatives on the proof of work chain. If that doesn't smell like shit, <laughs> I don't know what does, okay? I don't even know what I just read to you in that last line. I, honestly, like th this is just word salad puffery to make you think of amazing ideas. Anyways, let's let's continue on the explanation of this this total garbage. Okay, so here we go. The Ethereum Foundation blog, the great renaming, right? Remember so what I told you? Hold on. Remember what I told you about shitcoiners and their names, bro? <laughs> Dude, but look, the Ethereum, right? The World Economic Forum, they've got the great reset. The Ethereum Foundation, they've got the great renaming. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't make this up. And look, utopia, nobody has shit. They're all just sitting there in some general lobby and Ethereum in the middle. I, I look, we can't make this up. Okay, it's it's their website. You have the links for it. Okay, so let's let's talk about the great renaming. Beyond protocol development, a critical shift in Ethereum has been the movement away from ETH1 and ETH2 terminology. Notice, like, they're, they're not talking about improving technology or adding to, to Bitcoin, which we've already proven offers the, the actual qualities that we want. Censorship, resistance, the decentralization, hard money, taking the power out of the government, all that stuff. What they're worried about is the terminology. We need to get the words right. <laughs> Gotta get them right. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to understand what's coming, okay? We've got ETH1, which we explained is the execution layer, ETH2, the consensus layer, and then you combine it all into execution plus consensus equals Ethereum, okay? That's what it becomes. I... <laughs> 
I don't know why this is so important. Okay, so here we go. Where did ETH 2.0 come from? As part of the roadmap, the existing proof-of-work chain would eventually be deprecated. There's that word again. So deprecated meaning not used anymore and or destroyed. Okay, however you want to view it or a combination of both. Via the difficulty bomb, which I might add, the difficulty bomb has been moved. I don't even know how many times anymore. It's like a rolling joke in like the Bitcoin OG circles about the difficulty bomb and how it never goes off. Anyways... Users and applications would migrate to a new proof-of-stake Ethereum chain known as ETH2. Now, I just want to take a, take a short pause. We're going to go take a look at the roadmap. I want to show everyone this, this roadmap, right? Because remember, they want to get the terminology right. They want to make sure they're not confusing anyone. So take a look at this. This is after it all happens, Nico. This is after they do the thing that I just told you about with the ETH1 and ETH2 consensus and execution. You've got the merge. The merge? Then, then you've got the surge. <laughs> then when that's over, we've got the verge. <laughs> and then the purge. But wait, what's coming is the splurge. I don't mean to clown, but this is such clown world shit. This is, and it's all just made up nonsense from, from, from Vitalik. Like they even renamed Merkle tree into something called a Verkle tree. I don't actually know. See, Verkle proofs. So I went to go look this up and I found it on the Ethereum uh, blog website, the, the Verkle tree. So once again, right, stealing the memes from Bitcoin, just, you know, rebrand Merkle to Verkle. I'm guessing the V is for Vitalik, but who knows? Anyways, anyways. Okay. Uh, let's go back to this thing. Okay, so here we go. Why can't we just use ETH 2.0? Why not? Mental models. One major problem with ETH 2.0 branding is that it creates a broken mental model. Think of the roadmap I just showed you all. <laughs> For new users of Ethereum, they intuitively think that ETH 1 comes first and ETH 2 comes after, <laughs> or that ETH 1 ceases to exist once ETH 2 exists. Neither of these is true. By removing ETH 2 terminology, we have all future users from navigating this confusing mental model. <laughs> Ah, inclusivity. Always, always. We always want to make sure everyone's included. Keep in mind, Bitcoin all, already offers inclusivity mm -hmm. by simply just allowing anyone to join or leave the network at will. You don't have to mention inclusivity. It's baked right in. Anyways, but them, they got to let you know it's inclusive. Being careful and accurate in our word choice. Again, our word choice allows content on Ethereum to be understood by the broadest audience possible. Again, the marketing machine and the marketing spin. This is my, my favorite part of it, the scam prevention, right? We show you guys the rec leaderboard almost on a weekly basis. Unfortunately, malicious actors have attempted to use the ETH 2.0 misnomer to scam users by telling them to swap ETH for ETH 2 tokens or that they must somehow migrate their ETH before the ETH 2 upgrade. We hope this updated terminology will bring clarity to eliminate this scam vector. So, so it's okay that we're, our product is 70% pre-mine and that our foundation is, is one-third the world, uh, a member of the World Economic Forum. That, that, that type of scam is totally different, but this type, these types of scams, we're going to prevent. Uh, it's such hopeless nonsense. Anyways, to wrap it up, the rebrand was a massive task with many content changes. So keep in mind, right? Keep in mind, what, the, the confusing mess I just went through was all, all about marketing. Mm -hmm. All of it. You, you didn't learn about, I, I mean, to me, 
did you, did anybody get any benefit other than understanding that this system is the exact same as the old system, except now there's been new terminology introduced and somehow they want to create this idea that it's inclusive and it's better. It just sounds to me like they're reinventing the wheel and they're just making it worse. Dude, it sounds like they have a new marketing term <laughs> that they're going to market with. E2.0, no, it's consensus layer now. You have to buy Ethereum because of consensus layer. Yeah, man, look, this is dog shit. Uh, I don't think E2.0, you know, is ever going to come out. I don't think their pivot to proof of stake is ever going to happen. Um, the reason for that is because proof of stake is dog shit. It's proof of stake is essentially the old legacy system. It's a proof of stake system, right? Those that have the most amount of fiat, right, have more influence over the monetary, the monetary policy. And here, right, uh, it's the same thing, right? You know, those with more ETH, you know, whether it's the ETH Foundation or whatever, have more influence over Ethereum. The fact that they're able to make that many changes should make you feel uncomfortable because if they can make that many changes that means that they could fuck with the money that you're supposedly saving in right um and if you compare this to bitcoin right the monetary policy is set in stone and if you try to change it you have to convince a lot of people running those nodes and you're gonna have to convince them willingly and no other way right uh you know a good example of that was the fork wars look how that ended up uh bitcoin cash and bsv are not even in the top 10 anymore they're done and dusted right um that's what happens when a bitcoin foundation or a mining council tried to take over bitcoin they failed it was the people that resisted that and ethereum dude it, it, okay if you want to trust vitalik and he wants to be your dear leader go ahead bro you know go for it but this is dog shit. Um, they've been trying to do this pivot uh, for so long. And I think that the rebranding has to do a little bit, perhaps, with the fact that it's taken so much time. And they're like, if we rebrand, people will probably forget. And this will buy us a little bit more time until we rebrand it again. And again, dude, even on the second biggest cryptocurrency, the dog shit of shitcoinery is still there. But... The good news is that they hide it behind a lot of fancy graphics and really nice websites. And those awesome World Economic Forum credentials. Yeah, bro. That If Ethereum doesn't remind you of fiat, I don't know what will. Anyways, Zomi, are we crazy? Well, Drop some PhD bombs on us. I mean, I appreciate Phil for you know going through with this, that it's had a really good entertainment value, I guess. I had a good laugh out of it. I think it's obvious that this is not backed by any real innovation, so that's why they have to engage in marketing. But I think that they have to hire a better marketing person. You know, it's, it's obviously not working, and it reminds me of like a you know like a, a man who jerk guy you know who repeatedly cheat cheat on his wife you know, and every time like he's caught you know then he just makes excuses right. Oh, this was this, this was that, and never in the first place, never admit the fault or the fact that he's jerk, you know? And so without having any honesty or, um, you know, being transparent with uh, consumers that, that all they do is that they just make excuses. So yeah, this, this proves that this is just a shit coin, you know? And uh, right, I mean, it's, Nico was right. I mean, it, it, this is just a reflection of fiat, fiat monetary system. 
That was a yeah. great analogy. That was an amazing analogy, right? That, that was I, awesome. I, I had a whole like thing in my head of like you know the Ethereum and saying no to his wife and his wife's like, why don't we just buy Bitcoin? He's like, no, but Ethereum too. Oh right. man, exactly. absolutely yeah. hilarious. But yeah, Phil, that was a journey. That was you took us on a journey. Uh, the plebs, I'm sure, are gonna love that. Smash that like button, comment. But anyway, so it's time for the daily meme review. The daily meme review is brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories, articles, comics by toxic, savage Bitcoiners, and they're scarce. There's only a thousand copies made per volume. This is a different artwork for volume 10. Really cool. Get your print of Citadel 21 today. All right, everybody. First meme is brought to us by. Listen, look, you got to give the credit where credit is due. I'm not a fan of this account, right? He, You know, he's a big TA guy, but this is absolutely hysterical. <laughs> this is funny. It's it's a man and his wife, I'm assuming, right? You never know nowadays. Um, let's put his inheritance in a stupid JPEG. Absolutely hysterical. They're looking over the baby. They're making fun of NFTs. Hilarious. All right, next one. It is by Bitcoin Gandalf. We over here chilling, Arizona, Texas, Wyoming, Mississippi fighting, and the Bitcoiners in the back. Happy 420, everybody. All right, moving on to the next one. It is by Anna Banana. I heard we're tenderizing or some. All 50 states in the U.S. Bitcoin game theory. The 50 states, Bitcoin game theory, U.S. on a Bitcoin standard. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Hilarious. All right. Um <laughs> Look, Marjorie, I'm an NFT. <laughs> this is my RD. Okay, um, I, the last meme I picked for Nozomi. Okay, she's, she's a tough audience right now. No laughs. Yeah. Okay. Toxic Bitcoin Maxis. Toxic Maxis. A-O-P-P. This was the Swiss rule that sneakily was involved into the Trezor, but the community fought back. Trezor removed it. And the last one, check this out. Some cartoons have a way of just hitting the target. Love, hope. Say no more, United We Stand. This referencing the truckers, you know, the huge pr trucker protests in Canada. Mm -hmm. And this is the the corporate media paid government actors. <laughs> this says hate. Absolutely very powerful memes, awesome memes, good overall. Shout out to the plebs. Nozomi was a tough audience. So I'm yeah. very I'm very interested to see her score. But anyways, for me, I'm gonna give it a Crypto Cloaks custom case. STVs. I got it for my girlfriend. Yeah. She's never going to build one. I'll build it for her, and she'll run a node, but she won't even know she's running a node. But she'll appreciate the case. And you can take advantage of the link down below for 5% off CryptoCloaks.com. Phil? Her name could be the unknown node runner. You know? That'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool and mysterious. And I always love mystery. Okay. Those were awesome memes. I, I, I actually I enjoyed them all. Um, I laughed. Um, I am going with... This is a, it's a key remover, okay, for mechanical keyboard. You could just That's pop right. them out. No, 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 but this is to pop them out specially. Uh. It comes with the keyboard. So you pop them out without breaking it. It applies even a pressure when you pull. Ah, like, okay. All right. Yeah. Good score. So you don't the break the mechanism. Means, what would you give those memes? Well, what would your score be? Yeah. I, you were, you didn't like them that much. I didn't see any laughs or giggles. It was um, it was fine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I give, later on to review the I memes this, more. <laughs> I give I give this book um, the internet 
the freedom and the future of the internet uh written by julian assage um it's it's you know a book on um about cypherpunks so very yeah. very cool very noble cool. score noble score so maybe she did like those memes free I assange i, I don't express my my you know feeling much but ah, I, I think okay. it was they were good guys well, that was a great score you so. gotta step up your meme game when we have a phd <laughs> on the show phil and i are just plebs but when a phd you gotta get phd the fucking memes you know are phil? you blaming the audience i am i'm blaming You're everyone blaming the in the audience? chat group you gotta take it up a notch with the memes anyways if you feel like you can do a better job make sure to join our telegram group it's down in the link description and make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms because they're censoring a lot these days like rumble.com and our personal favorite bitcointv.com they don't censor there because bitcoin tv but anyways phil it's time for the daily news the daily news is brought to you by cryptocloaks.com they make the best 3d printed bitcoin merch like the 3d printed bitcoin art grenade opens up you put your favorite hardware wallet in there really cool stuff or the 3d printed bitcoin honey badger really cool stuff and you can take advantage of the link down below for five percent off cryptocloaks.com all right everybody so i'm gonna backtrack a little bit right um if you guys know i mean not really backtrack but i'm sure you guys have been noticing the giant clusterfuck that was facebook's attempt now they're called meta meta facebook meta facebook i'm just gonna call them that for the rest of the episode okay meta facebook's attempt at launching their own cryptocurrency but it was a failure. And if you would have been paying attention to Bitcoiners, we would have told you from the very beginning it was going to fail. In fact, Satoshi said this was going to fail. But I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Facebook's cryptocurrency failure came back after internal conflict and regulatory pushback. Facebook's shuttering of the project, which would have created a way for users to pay for things and send each other money... Check this out, Phil. I highlighted the important part that wouldn't need to go through the regular financial system. That's why it didn't work. Uh, came in response to internal clashes over its direction and sustained opposition in Washington, according to four people familiar with the effort who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Anyways, DM, which was the shitcoin that Facebook attempted to launch was effectively doomed from the start. The people familiar with the effort said it was announced in 2019 that the great fanfare under the name Libra foreign, they tried to pivot, tried to rebrand it from Libra to DM, didn't work. And I'll tell you why it didn't work in a second. Foreign governments, members of Congress, here, here's very a lot of signal there, guys. Foreign governments, members of Congress, and regulators expressed fears about the project immediately, saying Facebook wasn't prepared to address concerns about money laundering. There it is again. Where have you heard that terminology again? They've been using that to attack Bitcoin. Money laundering, consumer protection, there it is again, under the guise it's, it's for your protection and over and other potential financial risk. All of this sounds like the exact reasons that the IMF told El Salvador as to why they should not have Bitcoin as legal tender. But so far, El Salvador hasn't spontaneously combusted, it hasn't caught on fire, and more be people are banked use having a Bitcoin wallet than the legacy financial system. So are these things right here really to protect the bureaucrats in power, or are they really for consumer protection? Anyways, so why did this fail? I'm going to read you a quote by Satoshi. I think he says it best. 
Governments are good at cutting off the heads of a centrally controlled network like Napster, but peer peer to peer networks like Nutella or Tor seem to be holding their own. So what happened with Libra? What happened with DM? Right. And I'll get to why we're talking about this today in a second, because they just made an announcement. I wanted to riff on it a little bit. What happened with Libra? What happened with DM? It was doomed from the start because Zuck wanted to be god of his own currency. And that's not going to work when nation states are around. But why isn't that happening with Bitcoin? Because <clears throat> it's decentralized. It's truly decentralized. Now, why am I talking about this? Right. DM is old news. Well, I think it's a very good warning as to what's going to happen to shitcoins, stablecoins, and DeFi that don't have sufficient amount of de de decentralization to withstand nation-state pressures. Don't believe me? Wait five, five years, five or ten years as the Bitcoin and the crypto market cap that's, that Bitcoin is going to bring with it continues to go up. Right. You know, it's going to surpass gold. It's going to surpass these things. And it starts becoming a threat to the legacy financial, the legacy financial money printer. What's going to happen? Those governments are going to apply pressure the way they know how to apply pressure. They're going to go after, to use Satoshi's words, the met metaphorical head to chop off, right? Whether that's a foundation, whether that those are the the, no the Ethereum nodes that are hosted on AWS servers, anything that they can shut down, they will shut down. Only a truly decentralized peer-to-peer -peer monetary network like Bitcoin is going to be able to withstand that type of attack. It already did last year, right? China ban, right? You know, one of the most powerful nation states in the world shut down or essentially like pretty much overnight, you know, more than half of the mining all around the world. And in a completely decentralized fashion, because of the economic incentives that Bitcoin provides, those miners relocated the great mining migration relocated overseas in record time. The hash rate has already surpassed the all time high about a month ago that is absolutely crazy it's only bitcoin that's gonna withstand what's coming right and if you still don't believe me check this out they threw in the gloves phil they threw in the gloves they gave up and the reason i say what? that they they i know they gave up is this is jack uh this is jack dorsey right says this is great what is he referring he's referring a tweet by by copa right meta joins the copa board copa is essentially this board of all these bitcoin and shitcoin companies that are advocating for open source policy so a couple days before facebook throws in the gloves a couple days later they announce publicly that they're going to join this free open source monetary thing what does this sound like to you oh fuck we can't be, beat them in a decentralized in a centralized fashion. This looks like the better way. And here is the official announcement. Welcome Meta to Copa's board. And what is the biggest cryptocurrency patent commitment to date? Meta has become a member of the Crypto Open Patent Alliance, which encourages innovation by lowering the chance of patent litigation. Meta will join also join Copa's board alongside Coinbase and Block. Representing Meta will be Shane O'Reilly, who manages Meta's licensing and transactions group. The move solidifies Copa's position as the leading cryptocurrency patent alliance, which is building a collective open source focused environment to protect core technologies for all users. Through joining Copa, Meta has pledged not to enforce 
its core cryptocurrency patents against anyone except for defensive reasons, effectively making these patents freely available for all to use. Meta's leadership in COPAs underlines the importance of protecting open source technologies. Companies large and small can encourage innovation by collaborating on fundamental infrastructure. This is one step further to advancing COPAs mission, which is to remove legal obstacles so cryptocurrency can become the backbone for trans uh, transferring value anywhere in the world, says Max Sills, IP counsel at Block and general manager of COPA, right? So make no mistake, right? The, the, the article from Washington Post and then a couple days later, Facebook signals and it's a very, very hard signal that, hey, let's try this open source decentralized manner. And the reason that they're trying that is again, and it's a, it's a textbook example of Satoshi's quote, right? Governments are going to go after that centralized effort. In fact, PayPal tried what and Peter Thiel has an amazing talk about this. And he says essentially that Bitcoin is succeeding where PayPal tried because Elon and Peter Thiel, when they started PayPal, they had this envisioned what what Bitcoin is doing today. They wanted to do that with PayPal. But have you seen the monstrosity that PayPal is today? Especially if you sell something on eBay, you're going to know what I'm talking about, right? It's terrible. And that isn't because of PayPal. That's because of the heavy hand of government, right? The only thing that they're not going to be able to stop and they're not going to be able to regulate, they perhaps will be able to regulate the on and off ramps. But in Bitcoin, they can't touch it. They can't mold it to their system, the legacy financial system it is today. And the legacy financial system is a system of exclusion. Bitcoin is a system of inclusion, Right. As much as they're going to try to scare you with these terms, unhosted wallet, non-custodial wallet, right? they're going to try to all use all that jargon to try to incept the NPCs with propaganda garbage. You know, listen, if it's not without us, if it's not without the Financial Action Task Force, the world's going to burn down. It's all garbage. Right. They're doing it for control. Right. We had Dr. Ron Paul, KYC expert. We went through all the receipts. Right. It's estimated that only 001 percent of crime is actually stopped by the money laundering laws, right? So again, and it's just it's just dog shit. But look, Phil, I think that this is a perfect case study of Satoshi's wisdom more than a decade ago, calling out exactly what was gonna happen with Facebook. They were gonna shut they were gonna be shut down because dude, it's a centralized system and essentially they're trying to replace the US dollar and the US government said no. Right. But with Bitcoin, it's the people's money. It's a decentralized peer to peer network. And perhaps it's not going to replace the the U.S. dollar per se. That's yet to be seen. But at least it gives the people an alternative. An alternative is very important, especially if your government is tyrannical or if your government starts to censor. Right. So and I think that's the beauty of Bitcoin. I think that's what Bitcoin is going to provide. And I think that these days that we're living through, it really highlights right the necessity of having that alternative. Phil. Yeah, just a, uh, a couple of points. Um, the first one being right uh, in that article, they were discussing how, of course, they want to stop money laundering. Um, as we've explained in previous episodes, um, it's not people like you and me that are have the facilities and the capabilities to launder the, the, these, these amounts of money. Okay. The biggest laundering scandals in history have all been major banks. Okay. Not little mom and pop shops. Okay. Not little random individual people. They are the institutions that have the rails to launder money. 
Okay, that's the first point. The second point is Walmart got shut down from being a bank over 15 years ago. We covered this a very long time ago. It's something that a lot of people today don't really realize. But you see, Walmart understood the strength of a network and understood that if they became a bank, they could effectively charge less for all of their services and they could effectively create that as also a revenue stream. And that would, of course, give them the same rights and capabilities as a bank as well. So they were shut down very quickly and Walmart left, you know, tail between its legs. And the last point of this is about Facebook. Okay. Facebook has over 3 billion users. Do you have any idea the type of network effect that that would cause if they would have the ability to issue their own currency? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't like Facebook. I don't respect Facebook. But at the end of the day, they have a massive network that immediately exists. They've got marketplace. They, they've got a marketplace over there. They have communication mediums. I mean, it's a whole entire self-contained ecosystem that all of a sudden would have money. Uh, I mean, you know, already, already we can see the banking, already we can see the institutions fighting for their lives, right? We can see the banking institutions lashing out. Imagine, imagine if they allowed a company like Facebook to become a bank or in this case, right, issue its own currency. So, uh, yeah, I, it's just tough. You know, they, these are, these are difficult places for these companies. And you know what? Look, Facebook just tipped its hat to open source development, right? Like they, trust me, they want the closed ecosystem. They absolutely want the closed ecosystem. That was the first thing they did, right? Remember what, what, what were the first things they did? Libra DM. And then they rebranded to meta, but it's always been about their ecosystem. So what, what they've given up. What's fascinating is that they, you know, this proves what Satoshi said, right? It's that a centralized, a centralized money was never going to work. The governments were never going to allow that to happen. But you see Bitcoin and it's exactly what Satoshi said. It's, it, it's holding its own. Like they're going to, they use the same language, the same terms. But at the end of the day, there's no Bitcoin CEO to call in front of Congress so that they can interview him. There is no one to call. There's no one to beat over the head with the club, metaphorically, right? There's no one to just lock in jail, right? You know, there's a couple people here and there, but it's just, it's a hydra. Another head will pop up unless governments replace the incentives that are offered by the Bitcoin network. They have no chance, right? But anyways, Nozomi, drop us well, some wisdom. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Mike Zuckerberg of Facebook is not interested in decentralization. Um, you know, Bitcoin is uh, a project of cypherpunks and it's uh, based on the philosophy of cypherpunks. And, and what, it, what it does is basically it's looking at, uh, well, you, with the use of strong cryptography, cypherpunks wanted to create a tool to enhance civil liberties online. So that, this vision uh, is connected to the freedom of the Internet. And Mike Zuckerberg represents actually the op op opposite, complete opposite of this vision. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, he cannot, he's not even, you know, wanting to make uh, uh, the currency that is unsensible and, 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 and it's decentralized. So, you know, he, he wants to have private, you know, money that he can control, right? Um, so, yeah, so that's, and then Bitcoin only happens once. There will be no, you know, other currency that comes after Bitcoin that that could 
uh, provide us what Bitcoin is, is providing us, you know, because of the fact that it's, it's attract the um, adversary forces, you know, the government and, and financial institutions, they, they don't want people to be free. So they are going to attack uh, Bitcoin, right? And the Bitcoin was able to grow over time without attracting uh, the adversary forces in earlier years so that it, it had a time to grow. And then now it's now, you know, unstoppable. No one can, no one can stop it, basically. So, you know, Bitcoin is the only thing. And um, yeah, so, and, and, and also like anybody who says like, you know, Facebook CEO or Google CEO or anybody trying to create uh, uh, private or free money, I mean, they're just lying because yeah. they have shown over time that they are not interested in decentralization. They are not, they, they actually want to have surveillance control and their method is, you know, basically the, the control, secrecy and the manipulation, you know, whereas the, the Bitcoin is based on the method of transparency and decentralization. So, you know, we have to understand how they are different at the fundamental level and, and the, the, the level of philosophy and the mindset, you know, mindset of cypherpunks and the mindset of um, computer programmers or social, I mean, you know, computer programmers, basically, you know, they Absolutely. have, they don't share the same um, values. Completely. I, I completely oh, yeah. agree. And yeah. I, and I, I kind of want to add to that. And I wanted the, the last topic I'm going to cover it. Nozomi's an expert on this, so I'm really interested to what she has to say. But I want to talk about this concept of censorship, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about this concept of what we fundamentally believe, right, uh, for two reasons. First reason is the Bitcoin network allows mm -hmm. anybody to transact, right? It doesn't judge you based on your skin right. color, your religion, your ethnicity. It doesn't care where you're from. You're allowed to transact in the Bitcoin network, mm -hmm. very similar to the First Amendment in the United States, right? The First mm -hmm. Amendment is a simple concept. And the reason the founding fathers designed it in such a way is because they knew that the person at the top that gets to decide what is allowable speech and what isn't allowable speech inherently has control over what is speech. And uh, listen, people aren't perfect. Uh, power, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? So if you're at the top and you look at it, you're like, listen, that's considered hate speech. How do you know that your own ideal ideological beliefs aren't making you biased towards a specific type of speech, which mm -hmm. is why the founding fathers came to the conclusion, which is, listen, let the marketplace of ideas get to decide, you know, what is speech. Very similar to Bitcoin, right? The person who gets to decide what transaction is okay and what transaction isn't okay, think about it. Tremendous power over the network, right? So it's like you have to allow everyone to transact like you have to allow everyone to speak freely, right? Very similar concepts. Now, I know what a lot of people are thinking because I think that we've all been living through this microcosm of history right now where the political left in the United States happens to have in this moment in history a lot of power over the institutions and a lot of power over legacy media right so 
a lot of people either on the libertarian right or on the conservative right might be feeling like, wow, you know, they're censoring our speech, you know, they're they're deplatforming us, they're doing all of these things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm gonna show you guys a little bit of a history lesson, and it was actually in the Zomi and her about me section that pointed me to this. This is called, check this out, the free speech movement. Yeah. Now, you won't believe this. This happened during the 1960s, right? Mm -hmm. But this is the part that's going to blow your guys' mind. The free speech movement was influenced by the new left. Back then, right, and if you you kind of backtrack a little bit to the McCarthy era as well, which was literally the, the early 50s, mid-50s, uh, mid late 50s, it was actually the right that was censoring certain types of political speech. And that was actually people on the left that were considered victims of that. So as you can see... Right. Just because we're living through this moment in history, right, that the that political right in the United States happens to be the victims of censorship, deplatform, whatever, you know, whatever it is of that day. That doesn't mean that in in the past, when the right had a lot of these this institutional power, they weren't doing the same thing. Now, what's the point of all this? Why am I bringing all this up? We don't believe that anybody, the left or the right should have the power and the ability to censor anybody. And Bitcoin is the next step. Because essentially what Bitcoin is saying, no, not, um, not only do you not have the power to censor people speech-wise, you should not have the power to censor people on their ability to spend money either. Right, which we know for a fact that the United States government has been abusing to essentially weaponize the dollar and go after the political rivals like Cuba, like Afghanistan. We've read you the horror stories, and essentially what happens with that? Yes, you might be able to shut down the evil governments of Cuba and Afghanistan. But what about all the millions of people that just want to put food on the table? They're paying for that as well. And we fundamentally believe that that is not okay. Anyways, we brought Nozomi on here because I know that she's a very passionate subject for her. Nozomi, what are your thoughts on all of that? Um, I think that it's, you know, I mean, I think it's easier to think of it as the fiat system versus Bitcoin system. And the, in the fiat system, basically, it's, it's uh, based on the system of representation. So governments, uh, legal system, financial institutions, you know, they are the one who basically provide services and then people have to trust these institutions, right? And then they are, these institutions function as intermediary to, gov to govern society. And, and, and so, as I said, it's, it requires the, the people to trust, you know, the government or elected officials, president, you know, the, the, all the people who set to represent our interests. So based on the idea, based on this uh, third party trust system, Basically, whether you are right uh, or left politically, you are conditioned. Your mind is already kind of conditioned to, to um, uh, give up our own power. And then instead of taking our own responsibility, we would depend on politicians or policies. And they think that, that if we elect the right person, uh, then we can have good policies or whatever. And, the, and, and, and the, um, you know, of course, what we think of good and right, of course, that the sense of morality, what is right, what is wrong, or what is uh, right speech, you know, what is what is appropriate speech, you know, uh, th that that um, 
judgment is largely influenced by mass media because mass media is a part of the important part of this fiat system, you know, the, the fiat system to maintain its, its control. So then the, the basically the mass media um, coupled with, with uh, in combination with social media um, send signals, right? And then basically uh, tell us how to think and how to feel. And then what, what I think the left has become a victim of this, that they started to engage in political correctness. So if you say something, you know, if you speak your truth, and then, you know, they, they are conditioned to, to, to see certain opinions as poli politically incorrect. So then they are conditioned to basically attack them and uh, um, you basically say, you know, you shouldn't say this, you know, uh, and then it's, it's these issues uh, concerned, uh, um, you know, things like identity politics, racism, you know, Black Lives Matter, or so climate change, or, you know, they really, the, those in power kick those um, issues that really provoke us and the issues that, cons that, that, that are related to moral, our moral, moral um, uh, you know, or provoke moral sentiment. And they are the ones who basically um, manipulate our mind to think that what is morally wrong and right, so we are not acting as a free individual to begin with, right? And then, so, the, basically the fiat system with the use of mass media manipulating masses and then them, uh, let, let them uh, embrace cancel culture, you know, so that the, you see on Twitter, for instance, you know, uh, the left to celebrate, you know, the sense, uh, uh, you know, Twitter to basically, uh, uh, yeah, censor uh, uh, right wing or, or conservative uh, opinion, right? So that's, I think, what happened. And, and so what's important is we could basically move away from this fiat mentality of control and then start to basically withdraw, you know, our trust from those institutions and then start to trusting ourselves. And the yeah. Bitcoin really provides the platform for that so that we can, you know, we don't need anyone to pass permission to allow us, you know, to tell us what is right, what is wrong to begin with, which is freedom of thought, right? Which is the foundation of the First Amendment, freedom of thought, freedom of religion, you know? Uh, nobody, no government, no one, you know, the, the tech companies, no one can tell me how to believe, right? How to think as a, as a foundation. And then we can freely express that as a form of free speech and no one can interfere uh, me doing, you know, anyone with uh, from from uh, with uh, doing that, right? And then money, of course, as a part of uh, free speech, of course, you know how we transact, who to transact with, and and you know how to transact. No one can interfere with the process. Also, so I think that Bitcoin really changes the paradigm at the deep level, you know, and it, it's really. You know the, the 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 saying that the uh, you know we don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes mm -hmm. us, right? So we would let Bitcoin change the way we think about you know ourselves, where we think about you know um, how we relate to one another, and fundamentally we take back our power at yeah. the old levels, so that we don't have to ask for permission to speak freely. You know, yeah. So um, I, it, I, it was. Beautifully said. I completely agree with you. Um, and it, it just, it's a matter of unlearning, right? It's a matter exactly. of, right, a right. matter of like, instead of outsourcing all of that trust, because 
technologically it made sense back then right, right, right because right, you right. had no other alternative but right. now that essentially anybody could become a broadcaster right, right because right. of the power of the internet right, and right. now bitcoin anybody can transact with anybody around the world you don't have to rely on a third party anymore right yeah, and and i think and i think that the this is the another part that the, we don't we are not aware of it's that we think that we, you know, we are able to have free thought, but that's not true. You know, I think, you know, when we examine our thought, that many of the thought are injected into us. It's, 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 it, you know, how we think what is right, what is wrong and uh, what is correct or, you know, I mean, all of those things, you know, we are just uh, repeating what was said by the mainstream media, for instance, you know, and, and then we act on it, right? And, and then we uh, uh, ask or we, we want government or tech companies to come in and, and to police us, basically, to protect us so that, you know, the left, you know, I, I think, fall into that. You know, they wanted to create safe space well, where they feel to, like they are protected. Yeah. You know? So to, to their protection, I think, you know. So on the conservative right in on in, in the fifties or in the sixties right, which is why I wanted to show that example. It was like we need to stop communism. We need to stop these these anti God you know like uh, lefties. Like we need to stop this. This is terrible. And then you know I'm sure that a lot of these people grew up with that tragedy that PTSD built up inside. And then when they had all the power, they're like we need to stop these God God loving you know people. So it's like. Right, There's, right. They're always, whether you're on the right or left, you're always going to feel like you have the moral justification to right, censor right. or right. to stop right. speech. But right. what Bitcoin uh, uh, stops them is essentially it, it protects you from their ability to try to censor. They could try to censor you all that you want, but they can't. Right, which is exactly, why, exactly. which is why we call Bitcoin the money of enemies, or at least Phil right, does. Right. I took it. Well, from I mean, him. I think that the, you know, if we truly understand the, the core of Bitcoin, Bitcoin basically allow us to not to externalize enemies. You know, that's the next level that, that I think that you know, because we tend to externalize enemies, like enemies out there that I have to fight against or I have to protect myself from. But you know, Bitcoin actually says that no, there are no enemies. Bitcoin shield us from enemies, you know, whatever enemies. Because if we use Bitcoin, you can use Bitcoin without having anyone the permission. No yeah. one can stop it, right? So yeah, so I think it's uh, so. Let Let's tie this in with you know, because you you told me before the show, and I, I think this is a tragedy. I think this was the yeah. death of the First Amendment specifically in the United States, right? Um, and I'm yeah. talking specifically about Julian Assange. And the reason yes, I'm, exactly. I'm talking about this is because, so Julian founded WikiLeaks, right? Yes. And he started releasing, um, the, the one that really got him in trouble with the US government was yes, yes. footage from the Iraq war. Um, yes, it was this very, very infamous uh, video. Um, essentially, this uh, Apache helicopter was gunning down a bunch of journalists. Yes. That mm-hmm. makes the U.S. government look very bad. Right. Um, now, here's the thing. That's journalism. And technically, yes. that's protected under the First Amendment. But, but a lot of people in government and high places essentially are making the argument that that's stolen material. But here's the thing. Newspapers protect publish stolen material all the time. So what's the difference this time? What is the difference? The difference is that they wanted to make an example out of him. 
That was mm-hmm. the difference. They wanted to say this cannot happen again, right? And the reason that governments are able to do this with such a ferocity and such a strong, poignant rip is because they control the fiat money printers. They control the money printers. And if they control the money printers, they get to make all the rules. They get to pay the people with guns, right? So Bitcoin fixes this. But unfortunately, like Ross Albrich, like Edward Snowden, uh, these are victims of Mm -hmm. the information war that we're currently living through. It's not a kinetic war, right? But have no doubt, it is a type of warfare. Um, And every tweet... Every article, every video, everything that you publish is a metaphorical bullet in this war that we're fighting. And yeah, um, so Nozomi, I know you wanted to say some things about Julian. Yeah, so yeah, thank you for giving me time to do this. Um, You know, obviously, I mean, what Julian did was uh, basic journalistic activity and that he published the material that is accurate, truthful about our government. And you know, and expose the, the, the our government illegal wars and and torture and uh, corruption basically. And and then as a result of it, that that he he is attacked. He has been uh, subjected to political uh, politically motivated prosecution. And so this prosecution, you know, is really uh, U.S. government's prosecution against Julian is politically motivated. And and the that's what the fiat system does. You know, fiat system cannot you know it's it's they 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 use as i mean they their weapon their best greatest weapon is the the you know use their systems in a political way you know whether it's a legal system mm-hmm. or a financial system you know they, they it's 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 they are the, the systems that are built to serve for their interests so um so he has been um attacked and he remains in in the london's uh maximum security prison uh for years and and um and then so so here it's things that i want bitcoiners to to uh, know about is that julian is is a part of uh, uh cypherpunks you know he's a notable member of cypherpunks and so he's one of us he's he's definitely you know he's a big bitcoiners and he understands the value of bitcoin the significance of it and he supported bitcoin as a as a project of cypherpunks and and as a matter of fact that you know if you know so um wikileaks has uh, been subjected to the financial blockade um at the end of 2010 uh, right after the organization published the materials relating to Iraq and then Afghanistan war. Um, and uh, so so in, so back then, the U.S. State Department basically used the private paying companies like Visa, MasterCard, and Bank of America to um, engage in illegal uh, financial brocade. And that destroyed over 90% of public donation that would have gone to the organization. So you know, Julian thought about using Bitcoin as a way to circumvent this illegal blockade. But then Satoshi, uh, um, you know, told him that don't do this. You know, Bitcoin is is a beta stage and it's, it's still infancy. And so that, you know, don't bring this this political battle into this Bitcoin space. And then Julian acknowledged, Julian understood uh, and, and he decided not to use it then. So he delayed right, uh, the usage of, of Bitcoin for his organization. And if you, and then this is not, I think that this this is a very significant thing because if WikiLeaks used it 
early on, then who knows? U.S. government could have attacked Bitcoin and Bitcoin could have been, you know, just uh, never, you know, destroyed or whatever, right, as a project in that earlier uh, stage. And, and, and Julian could have acted out of self-interest and, and to just use Bitcoin to save his organization, but he didn't. He didn't because he recognized the importance, right, of this project. And then also the, his alliance with the cypherpunks, uh, cypherpunks, right? So, yeah, I want people to understand that we all, you know, uh, WikiLeaks, we were all uh, Julian uh, for Bitcoin success. So uh, I want people to support his freedom. Uh, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I haven't heard of that story in particular, but I know that WikiLeaks was one of the first proponents out of necessity, yes. out of necessity. Mm -hmm. They were one of the first proponents to accept Bitcoin because they got debanked. Like, you right, know, a right. lot of conservatives are being in the United States. And this tie this in to what I was saying about Facebook, tie right. this in with uh, what I'm saying about spend censorship. Right. censorship of any kind no one should have the power and the ability to do that and under the fiat system it gives a group of bureaucratic elites whether they're yes. on the left or the right, right. tremendous yes. amount of power to get to decide was right. it what is a was an okay speech what is an okay transaction and what is a, a not okay transaction and what is a, a, a not okay speech right. Right. and what bitcoin does is essentially says no one should have the power these are the rules, but there's no ruler. That's yes. the innovation. That's the signal. And only Bitcoin could provide that. And all the shitcoins are pretending that they could provide that. But I think as we will learn over time, that's not going to be the case. But anyways, Phil, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. The software releases are brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, cyphersafe.io, the best, safest place to store your seed. Check it out, the Cypher wheel. Or you've got the all new Cypher grid, comes with the punch tool and the tamper resistant wire. The link is down below. All right, we've got TDEX version 1.2.4 that was released. It's down below in the show notes. Guys, you know, the, you know the deal. We post Monday through Saturday, and we've got our audio-only episodes. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Anchor. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, that was our show. Before we go, I'm going to give a very special shout-out to our guest, Nozomi. You can go give, him a follow, give her a follow on Twitter, at Nozomi, Nozomi, Nozomi Image, Nozomi Imagine. Uh, it's really cool how she spelled it, but uh, I'll pop up her handle like always, guys, and definitely go check out her website as well. It's going to be down in the link description. Guys, that was the show. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to smash that like button. And of course, if you want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the Pleplet perspective and the catastrophic fails from the censors, make sure to subscribe to Simply Bitcoin, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode. Tune out the clown show shitcoin circus. There's no splurge, verge, or surge. It's only Bitcoin. Boyakasha! Thank you.